Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting, if slightly reduced in size, episode of Thunder of Metal Reviews. With me, as always, are two of my compadres. Uh, ben Lindsay is out on assignment uh, doing things that I can't tell you about. But Tracy and Gabriel are here, and they're ready to talk about metal. How are you, gentlemen? Doing great. I'm on a transnational speedway that cannot forgive itself. That's symmetric in design while combating oh. leprosy. <laughs> Uh, okay that is i appreciate you committing to every album that's happening uh gabe are you i was born dead so dead <laughs> long cold so we are there's no way you could guess because what tracy said makes no sense to anyone but him but we are talking about uh albums by bands that we've hit before but this is like an earlier album they did because there would be times like i picked black crown initiate i'm like man i want to do some of those early albums too mm -hmm. but it just didn't fit in the schedule in a rational way like yeah. here's a random album from 2016 so this was a way to back it up back that thing up and let tracy fulfill his destiny to reassemble the scar symmetry dark crystal right <laughs> just get him on well it's interesting because we've picked either a debut album or a second album every single one of these. Yeah, it's true. Even when there was like a broader one or, selection one or to choose from. So it worked out perfectly, I guess you could say. Hey, man, if you're going to take the way back machine, you got to take it way back. Yeah, no, totally. It was the point. There's like the album just before the one you just did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Though I guess that's kind of what I did. But yeah, all of us went to first or second albums. Yeah. Uh, so that's a fun comparison. I thought all of them were fun and good. I mean, these are all bands I really like. This was a uh, this week was easy as weeks go. Not that every blast is not a delight, but you know, the i the i heart god blast. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know the, the the converge blast that game has already got locked. This is a but this is a grab bag. It's a little bit different because really you never know what you're going to get. And yeah, indeed, I'll have to say we'll probably have some disagreements on this one. Although I did, I did have some fun. But, and also, you're not left to the whims of one so individual person as well in grab bags. So it kind of helps. That's true. Nobody nobody trusts David or me. Um, <laughs> nobody trusts anybody. I know it should. Yeah. And then there's the 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 deep Tracy bent rivalry that goes back centuries in terms of is it is it metal or is it prog? The is the, Yeah, but this isn't good prog, which is a line I've heard so many times. So we all have our thing. But in grab bags everybody's that like, you choose your own adventure like an 80s book where you've marked like seven of the pages and i love those books me too man at book fair that was that was life so we went to the book fair and we picked various albums so let's start with what ben picked you are missed ben we'll pour one out on the ground for you uh we picked clutch and did you look up the details yeah, on this I've, Tracy? I've got the, Tracy's uh, ready to go tell the us details about pulled up for it ben picked Clutch's first album, Transnational Speedway League, Anthems, Anecdotes, and Undeniable Truths. If, as I said, it's their debut studio album. It was recorded at Razor's Edge Studio in San Francisco, California, with John Birdside. We've uh, taken up residence in the production chair there, and at Small Studio Incorporated in New York City with Stephen Hagler, taking up production chair there. Um, it was released on East West Records on August 17th, 1993. The lineup on this album is Neil Fallon on vocals, Tim Stolt on guitar, Dan Maines on bass, John Paul Goster on drums, and um, Jonathan Burside did tracks 3, 5, 8, and 8 through 10, and Stephen Hagler did 1, 2, 4, 6, and 7. So same lineup as it always was, plus some guests. That's yeah. the thing about Clutch. So far, it's just been them. Uh, and runtime at 46 minutes and 16 seconds. That sounds right. Hopefully Ben approved 46 minutes. Mm. Um, ben, did he, is there anything in his notes about why he did any of that? Or is it just really his grades? So I asked him, like, I I specifically asked him, like, in a, a message earlier this week, you know, for people who weren't, I obviously don't participate in the, the group thread, why he chose this one over other clutch. I kind of wanted that specific answer here because this is, I've only listened to the clutch that, has the much more, I guess you could say, traditional sound, a little more groove rocky, a little less angry. I guess you could say a little more polished and a little more fluid. Ben's post in his pair, what he sent in, was Angry Clutch is the best clutch, their debut and first album that I listened to by them. Not as musically solid, nor as clever as their lighter stuff, nor as subversive, but still incredibly fun, stone rock vibe. Yeah, so, I sure. mean, I guess is the one he got on the ride with. 
So that might be it. Why he chose this one. I got on after this and by dumb luck, I hit the album. That is the album when they transitioned to that groove smoothie juice you're talking about. And that was elephant riders, which is 98, I think. Anyway, it's two after this. There's a self-titled bizarrely, the self-titled one comes between those. But so I joined them at the turn because from elephant riders forward, definitely from blast tyrant forward, uh, we haven't done Elephant Riders yet. That album's awesome. But they have that sound that you're talking about, Tracy, even if it fluctuates. This earlier experimental thing, I think it's drawing, you know, it's like stoner rock meets punk meets, I'm sure they will come up with eight other things that are mixed in here. But it's, you know, it's already got the sci-fi happening. Uh, there is groove happening. He hasn't really figured out his vocals yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, just thinking about how amazing his vocals are now. He just hadn't uh, even played in that range or with clean vocals in that way. But I, you know, I, I not shockingly have a clutch playlist that's nothing but clutch. And these songs are on there. And, you know, usually it's on random. But I'm not sad when they come on. I don't like this as much as the later clutch. So Ben and I may differ there. But uh, this is fun. I mean, shit. For a debut album, it's it's. Uh, I wish I'd seen them in this year. I saw them on the Elephant Riders tour, so I saw them pretty early, but not this early. I'm sure that was a rocking good time. Walking to the Great Shining Path, Monster Trucks, just these names. <laughs> oh, well, Clutch. <laughs> ben said, mentioned that he wished he had seen this tour live. Like he yeah, kind of regrets he never got to see it. So that is, I think you guys kind of share that in common of not seeing them perform this live. I was at Infit. Like sixteen. There's only so many shows I can make it to. I know. Sneak away and do it. Just make it happen. <laughs> um, but Neil Fry's vocals are surprisingly good. And he says album try album one track one a Shogun named Marcus made me a clutch fan. That is, I think that's like the moment he like heard it and was like, I'm in. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's like that but Rick and still... Morty theme, like son of a bitch, I'm in. Just that's been at that point. Um, I so. That particular track reminded me, I don't know if you're one of the first, like one of the first viral videos I remember watching off like E-Bombs World or College Humor was, I don't remember if you remember this. It was like this redneck, like throwing like a dip can as like a ninja star. It's like, it's a ninja star. It's a, it's a Judy chop and something else. Like, I don't know, like it's obviously being stupid. So I'll show you guys after the call, but that's what remind me of is a Shogun named Marcus and like a redneck ninja when he's talking about it, the lyrics in the song, but you could, but I agree there. You've got their tongue and cheekness in full force. Like even from the get go, like it wasn't a deviation and later like album that starts off in the beginning where they have a very loose way of playing around and kind of are in a very joking mood. And it jammed up on me. Uh, what I tried to say was, what do you think, Gabe? I feel like Tracy and I have just spewed all over this thing. And you're on you're on the clutch bus, too. Yeah, I'm on the bus. I hadn't heard this before, and it doesn't sound like anything else I've heard by them. And Ben does admire things that are angry, and I'll, I'll grant him that. It's aggressive. And I wouldn't put this in the stoner rock category. I just wouldn't. And not because I'm, you know, being a dick about the genre, but because I just didn't hear that as much as I do in other clutch records. I think what I heard sometimes in these compositions was more grunge or um, maybe like post hardcore emo. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, kill switch engage. I'm not talking about, you know, the other stuff from the nineties. I'm talking about original emo sort of emotional hardcore. Yeah. The other thing is that, they haven't discovered blues yet in the, on this album. And they have a very perplexing rule, Indeed. which is one riff per song, no more than one riff per song. And um, <laughs> what I find is that this is too repetitive. It's bland, right? Mm. The, the words are really where it's at, but at the same time, it, you know, suffers from speak singing and you know how I feel about speak singing. It really mm. just belongs in breath play unless you know what you're doing. And I don't think he quite knows what he's doing yet. He's telling kind of funny stories or kind of like, you know, sneering aggressive stories, but it's not so interesting that I really want to listen to it. And apparently the Shogun named Marcus was something that people, you know, it lit people up in a mosh pit. And that doesn't tell me that it's like, I don't know. It doesn't tell me all that much, except people were banging their heads to it. They weren't really listening to what it was about necessarily, but who knows? I wasn't there. Yeah, You don't know, man. They still no, play that song and people go ape shit now. And clutch fans are quite loyal. I mean, in terms of the longevity of the fan base and a lot of these they don't play anymore. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> anyway, but um they play that and people go ape shit. 
which I don't know, that has no basis in science. Gabe's like, what do I even do with that? That tells me nothing. It's a rocking song. This this album is a bit repetitive and sort of insane. And again, I like what came later better, but man, I still got to, this still sounds, it's still a rocking good time, in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, man. But I disagree with Ben, where he says he thinks Neil Valens or vocals are pretty good in this album. I think that's probably one of my least favorite things is his vocals improve drastically. They do quickly. And like, so even on the next one, they're already better. So, or he says Neil Fry vocals are surprisingly good. So maybe he might not be full into it, but I think his vocals are probably the worst thing on his album. Cause it seems like once his vocals get in line, I feel like a lot more of that stuff's easier to fall in place behind it. Like it's a less deviation for guitars, bass and drums to kind of get to where they're at. And it's a lot larger stuff for his vocals to get where they're at now. Currently. There's still the blues he, element missing. Sorry, go ahead. Say yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. I, I said I think he might could get away with what he's doing, but the music would have to be far more interesting. And the other thing is, like, there are bands that do have a sort of maybe kind of similar vocal approach, but they're much more appealing than this because the music is precisely much more interesting. So, like I said, I I mean, I just don't think this works for them. And they they ultimately did figure out what worked for them. And I'm glad. I'm really glad they did. Yeah, they stopped doing this. <laughs> they clearly decided, and it's the same guys, right? It wasn't like a lineup change. Yeah, they, they I don't think would necessarily disagree with you. I'm sure they're nostalgic about this here in some ways. In other ways, I'm sure it sucked. But yeah, any other thoughts before we just uh, rip through some tracks? Uh, nothing I can think of. I think it could be faster. <laughs> I'm going to drink to that. I'm usually the one that says it, but thanks. You should, you're sure. in too deep to say it on this one. I'm in too deep. It's clutch, man. You know, I'm a brand whore, especially with this brand. But I'll admit this is an unformed creature. Trix, uh, you know, I kind of like them all. Yeah, I kind of like them all. I have some favorites. Shogun named Marcus. Um, Alive Speaks. Bacchanal. Rats, that song. I like Rats. I probably shouldn't. I think FG's okay at the end. I don't know. I think the first half of this record is a little stronger than the back half, but because you say it gets a little bit repetitive and uh, it's not what will come later, but I still I still like it. I gots to like it. Indeed. I think it opens well with a show named Marcus and what was maybe when I heard it. El Jefe speaks, Benji Perry, like really like the first run, like the first five, 12 ounce epilogue and uh, Bacchanal. There, right there. Those that run third five. <laughs> I think it was pretty good. Did I pronounce it wrong? In the best yeah, possible you way. It just right. you, yeah, you said it just right. You hit the nail on the head. Bacchanal. <laughs> but I think Bacchanal is a series of films that came out in the 1750s. That he fixes the cable. Bacchanal mm-hmm. presents. Oh, I've seen that it's, one. It's, it's, 17, seen... it's 1750s porn. That's what it is. How are you going to keep him on the farm once they've seen Bacchanus? Anyway, um, yes. <laughs> How do you feel about the back half tracing? It's okay, but uh, I'm on with Gabe in that aspect where it just feels like it starts to get very repetitive. And maybe a touch on the long side there as well. Because the repetitiveness. Yeah, we probably could have cut one of these. But, you know, what are you going to do? They've been touring for ages, I'm sure, before this. Gabe, you know, Ben always talks about what your first album is, the result of almost the most blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, they released two EPs prior to this album. Indeed. And so I'm those those of- are fucking crazy. I've listened to those; they're intense as well. Actually, almost they're actually rougher than this. I mean, of course they are. And like, there's no overlap on songs, so it's not like they spent a long time working on this and for like you know working on this yeah, material prior to recording. I don't want to disparage them for this effort, but like there are people online who agree with Ben that this is like a really great thing that the band did. I just don't see this as a triumph of songwriting in any stretch. Uh, so like they must be smoking something I don't have access to. I don't know. Like, I think that I also like some of the songs that David mentioned, El Heavy Speaks, Bacchanal and Rats. Rats is like the only song on the record that has riffs. Like Indeed. what I mean is multiple riffs. Yeah, more than plural, the plural. <laughs> it's like more riffs. than one riff in the song. So like, I, I mean, it may kind of be a silly song, but like I, you know, you have to appreciate that. Indeed. A second riff? A man cannot live at that speed. Well, they mix it up after this, but anyway. Ooh, I guess that's the end of that, Nespa. Yes. All right. We're moving on to my pick. Yes. Yep. Did Ben say all of them? 
Oh yeah, we oh. forgot about Benjamin. What, yeah, what did he say? What did he, <clears throat> he what says did all say? of them? Yes. So drink, but yes, on to your pick, David. Black Crown Initiate. <clears throat> Pulling it up. I've got the information pulled up. All right, hit us with the information. It is Selves We Cannot Forgive. It's their second full-length album. It was released on July 22nd, 2016. E1 Music Label. It was produced by Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland and recorded at Atrium Audio Recording Studios in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It has a runtime of 51 minutes and 31 seconds. The lineup on this album is James Dorton on vocals, Andy Thomas on guitars and vocals, Nick Shaw bass, Jesse Beeler on drums. It is the last album with Rick Stealth's plug on on guitars, and Wes Hawk was joined the band and is credited with having a guitar solo on uh, again. There are several guest uh, artists mm-hmm. on here. Adam Biggs from Rivers Not Hill is part of vocals on matriarch just to point him out i believe that's everything so why this album david so i picked it because violent portraits of a doomed escape was one of my favorite albums of 2020 man i love that record it's just so good it was you know to this day when i think about thunderdome it's one of my most nostalgic like that was a cool episode yeah this sort of caught me off guard i you know no death metal obviously but i not listened to a lot of what were we calling this progressive death metal you know these yeah. sort of other elements oh and we could just label it as that what was that reading pennsylvania like duo of Nihu. Indeed. No, a couple bands and multiple fry vocalists, right? There's three because Rivers of Nihil switched that too. You know, their backup guy went to became the fry vocalist when Andy Thomas joined them because they lost their vocalist. Yeah. Uh, for Rivers. That's what what's I mean. his name. I their fry vocalist left and their bassist, Adam, is now the fry vocalist. Yeah. And Andy joined them as Queen Singles. Yeah. It was singer. Jake Diefenbach. <laughs> That's what his name was. Yeah, he's out. But anyway, so I really liked the album after this. You know, I feel like both Dorton's fry vocals and Thomas's clean vocals are amazing. Uh, they certainly were on the on their third album. My God. Uh, I think Dorton has some of the best fry vocals of anyone actually working right now. And that's just quite subjective, but oh, it's so intimidating and sort of guttural and fantastic. And, you know, Andy Thomas just... You know, you've Tracy, you've heard that new track. My God, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm the one that was like, "Hey guys, you need to like, you should you check this out." Yeah. No one seemed to care about me, but man, I, I, you know, I think Andy Thomas is fantastic. And so when we reviewed that album, I was like, "Oh, I bet the one before it is pretty good." And so I listened to this, and yes, this album is this album is nice. I don't think it's as good as the third one, but it's good. Oh, I wish they would put out a fourth album, but who even knows? They may be they're, done. I think I think they're, they're done because the only people left in the band is James Dalton. Which he's kind of like, I'm doing other things now. And McKenna, the guitarist. Yeah. And Andy, there's been reasons why a lot of them, have, like, it's been almost a revolving door outside of those three, outside of Andy, McKenna, and James. And they released that one in 2020, right during COVID. And the record label was immediately like, don't tour on it. Go ahead and release another one. Like, we don't. They didn't. Andy, especially, specifically, didn't want to just go back through the writing process and, write a whole another album with that one sitting there, you know, kind of deal like in the record label. He says like, yeah, I just don't, can't do this again. I think that might've been part of it as well. I'm just doing this work. And then that label telling you don't, don't turn on it. Just go make us another one. Jesus Christ. Another success story. Well, I'm reading Pennsylvania, which has a lot of its own issues, managed to produce two of these bands. And part of this ended up in Rivers of Knee Hill. So anyway, that's a win, I guess. But well, and I'm gonna to add to the incestuousness of their relationship. So Andy Thomas's sister is Sarah Biggs, maiden name Sarah Thomas, and who is married to Adam Biggs of Rivers and I Hill. Sure. So that's like hey, it's not that doing? big a town. No, I get it. There can only be so much progressive black tinted death metal happening in one Pennsylvania town. Gabe's yeah. like, oh, I'll prove you wrong. There could be more, more. It's a, it's a family, it's a family affair. Um, <laughs> like I would honestly, I would not be surprised at some point in time. James Dalton joins Rivers of Not Hill as their harsh vocalist, and it's just, it's like I'd be very, I'd be very, and all forms ahead. I would be very okay with that because as good as uh, Gibbs, is that his name? Is the you Biggs, know the current one Biggs, think, rather? 
um as good as adam biggs is i think uh jordan's better yeah and anyway so sorry go ahead sorry yeah we're just rambling gabe what's your yeah, game's like shut the fuck up stop talking about these this fictional well Vol- i mean Voltron. you guys have been going on and on about this uh band since i joined and i think it was good for me to finally get a chance to listen i mean i think i really appreciated the fact that it's uh progressive uh metal but it's you know in sort of like the death and maybe a little bit the black pocket it's technical but it's also not like super finessey and i did enjoy the clean vocals on here i don't think that they're annoying in the slightest they're tasteful and yeah it was really interesting to hear a record like that because i i don't think i've heard quite a lot um in this vein i really had to think about you know mashaga listening to this even though this is far and away not the same thing, even though they're like, I don't know, in name at least, kind of close, like, you know, sort of progressive, deathy. Yeah, sure. And it, and it's and it's good that way. That said, I think like my, you know, critiques would be that I think that it could be faster. <laughs> and and sure. also that the songs could be shorter and still retain a lot of the power that they have. You know, there isn't a song on here you know, under four minutes Indeed. and most They're of them like actually are, are longer than five. So I think, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but I think they need to be doing more things or more interesting things to uh, justify that length. I'm not trying to turn them into Meshuga, but I think that they could be a little bit more technical and get there. You've listened to the album after this, right? Me? No. No. Oh, I would love to just, a, even just one run, run through hear your opinion on it. Cause I think some of that happens. Yeah, like sort you, of technical escalation, and it just gets more aggressive yet smoother. It's it's much more polished, I think. Yes, it is. It's so good. It's a, I mean, they they have four year difference between release dates yes. on them, so they kind of do it. And I think they do a much better job in that one. Okay, they, they do it a little bit here, but in that one, it's it's much more better done. I think of where they do a very aspect of like you have his harsh vocals and like the clean vocals of Andy's. And the harsh focus of James, like you get this weird, like etherealness comparison, like on top of like the yes. harshness of James, like it adds like this very touch where it's almost discordant, like horror in a good way. No, it's the layering of them that makes it so effective. That's the thing that Scar Symmetry does and then forgets it can do on various albums. <laughs> you know, once they went to the two vocalist model, yeah, that layering creates totally different moods that are more complicated than just a simple alternation would be but you, you know it's hard work you know do, you do the thing so yeah anyway sorry we keep yelling about that album but i would love to hear your opinion after here <laughs> after you should listen to that album but that's how it works you i got on the ride with that one and so i compared this and the one before it to that uh and then I, I think it's better but... that's where i'm gonna ride as well in fact listen to this album i was like i'm gonna go listen to the other album too <laughs> like i'd kind of go back to it and like, awesome but i also think it's part of we know that i'm so much better I would give that a much higher grade now than I gave it then. Mm-hmm. And part of that is I didn't have any sense of what where stuff was going to fall. I didn't know anything about the F holster. Because I, <laughs> I like, gave it an A minus. It, it was a simpler time. So I, if I remember correctly, that was <laughs> like your almost like your first or second week on the job. Yeah, it was really it was really early on. Like you came in like that was when you're fucking on full time. <laughs> yeah, I'd give that a high A now. Um so know that when I give this a grade. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, um, sorry, what were you going to say? Gabe, this? is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or what about what about Ben? Yeah, I was going to. You know what Ben say? Put Ben's in here. So Ben says one of the side effects of doing this podcast for almost five years now is that I'm a bit inoculated to the metal. However, the opener to this album fucking rips. The mix could be a little bit better, as it was hard to hear the bass in most of the tracks. I'll admit that could be a speakers I'm listening on. There's also the inclusion of an unfortunate Tracy song, again, but overall is a more diverse album than Bont Ports of a Doom's Escape. Although it isn't as good, the back half kind of falls off. The closer is okay, though, I guess. That's what Ben's comments sure. on it said. I agree with him in some part. Like I think we all agreed with him that it's not quite as good as as Bont Ports of Escape, but I don't know if they're more diverse, though, because, I mean, maybe that part of it is that Bont Ports of Doom's Escape, which is so polished <laughs> it was that might be like it's kind of like mm, we ready for i guess ready to tracks or yeah i guess all i would add just overall i i don't think there are a lot of bands quite in the sound space because i think it's maybe a little hard to find an audience for this 
right? Because it's a bit slow for death metal. For like folk metal, it's really heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of heavy for normal metal as well. Like, it's yes, almost like it it's is. almost like you're not going to get like a Judas Priest in you're here. Not. Like, no, or warrant anyway. Yeah, like it, it's um, like this weird amalgamation of like doom, death, and progressive, like like progressive elements thrown in like a mixture. Yeah, it's but I I like it a lot. Um, and so I'm glad we listened to it. So, uh, you know, I kind of like all these songs. I mean, there's some I like more. Well, let me take a sip. I feel like Four Red Cloud Soroplasm again is like an ascension because man, uh, again is so good. Again, it's so fucking good. Uh-huh. As is Belay the Machine. I really like the middle of this album is quite is quite strong. Matriarch is good too. But just lives, it's it's fine, it's an ending. But I think the middle of this album is just absolutely punishingly both sort of heavy and like emotional and it's no again is it's definitely my favorite song on here you know they hit that space sometimes like the they they were the first two tracks on the next album were a lot like that and i think the you know i know it's a different band but not entirely i think the suborbital blues or whatever has some of that just like as you say tracy that combination of ethereal and gutturally punishing yeah uh that's not everyone can do so yeah those that's my two cents. It's, it's, I admit these songs are a little long, but you know they're not like eight minutes or anything. Again, I got on the metal ride with Anthrax and Metallica, so part of me is always like, "Well, this song isn't nine minutes or anything." So, and I guess Tracy, you know, it's on. It's not a single track that's sixty-one minutes. So, <laughs> I just, I just remembered of something about growing up that I used to do when I was like, and it was primarily when I. When I first bought my album, like one of the things I do was find the longest song in the album and listen to that one on repeat for a couple of times because I was kind of like, it's the <laughs> longest one. So it's the most bang for your butt kind of deal. And oh so my like, God. So, like, that's how it happened. I wish Ben were here hearing this story. Maybe we'll hear it when it goes live and just like, that motherfucker. Just, you like Venturian candidated yourself into needing like, longer and longer the, songs. The Full Horseman. Oh man, it's like eight minutes. And then it's like Dyer's Eve and Injustice for All. Here ah. we go. Oh, wow. That explains so much. It really does. He built set up a whole lifetime building of an immunity to Iocane powder. Like he just <laughs> I'm just born that way. Shit, dude. <laughs> what's um, the, what's that uh Batman begin or the the Dark Knight rises me with you were indeed. you simply adopted the dark I was born and molded by it. I didn't see a short song too as a man. <laughs> I, well that that now we understand how we got to that. But so these songs are you're right, they're a little long. Some yeah. of them. Uh what did you uh, uh what did you think, Gabe? You know, I, I liked most of this album. I said take the ride. You know, there the problem I think here is that there's only eight songs on this. So if you don't like even a couple of them, it's a significant chunk of the record. And, you know, I think that's that's ultimately, you know, it's significant for me because I'd rather have more songs, you know, having them be shorter. But Anyway, I think I, I actually totally disagree with Ben. I think the, the back half is really good. Um, the only one that I don't really connect with is Selves We Cannot Forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it I think it ends quite strong. Like I, you know, explicitly like Matriarch and Vicious Lives. I think those are good songs. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't really like the opener. It doesn't really it doesn't really grab me like it grabbed Ben. So just different strokes, I guess. Ben or the Red Cloud punches you in the throat as an opener. Sorrow's Plasm. Sorrow Psalm, sorry, and transmit to disconnect. <laughs> I like Sorrowplasm better. <laughs> that is that is a scar symmetry song. <laughs> and uh, for me, I'm a take the ride. This album was well worth it, and it is disheartening that they're not a thing anymore. But you kind of they live on, so I mean, it, whatever, fuck it. How the industry is, it's cruel. Yep. I couldn't believe reading Pennsylvania had produced two of these. I wonder how much of those also since they're just best friends and just influence themselves as well. I mean, we'll the scene is, scene is a scene. I mean, think about yeah. Tampa. Think about Tampa. Think San about Francisco, it. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, sure. Definitely. Or speaking of a scene is a scene, Swedish death metal and what they produced. And our next pick for this week was mine. And we did the lightest Scarsham album a week ago in terms of recording these and when they we record the listen form. Uh, we did uh, the Singularity Part 2. 
This week, I had us do the very first album, Symmetric and Designed by Scar Symmetry. It is it was released on February 7th, 2005 in Europe, September 6th, 2005 in the United States. It was recorded at Lounge Studios, Avesta, Sweden. The engineering was done by Per Niels, uh, mixing and engineering by Jonas Kilgren, and master was Thomas Johansson. Um, the lineup for the band is Christian Alvestum on vocals, Jonas Kilgren on rhythm guitar and keyboards, Per Nielsen on lead guitar, Henrik Olsen on drums, and Kenneth Sale on bass guitar. So, yeah, we all knew this was coming. Another Scar Symmetry album. Y'all are welcome. Gabe, okay, I want your thoughts. You've got the book against the Scar Symmetry now, for sure. Yeah. So I think I mentioned when we talked about this last that I had listened to this and the next record of theirs um, when you were, you know, sort of talking about it to me for the first time. And I really had a good time with them back then. So I was happy to dig back in. And, you know, because I had that, you know, newest record in my ear, I was thinking about that and kind of my dissatisfaction with that. And this record is a good deal heavier than that is also not as annoyingly catchy, like it's actually catchy. And in terms of it being in the realm of melodic death metal, it is really consistently melodic death metal. And Mm -hmm. the songs are, they're not as long. And for that reason, they don't outstay their welcome. I think that if they were as long as the songs tend to be on the newest record, I'd have a problem. But these are in general under four minutes. And that makes the listen super, super smooth. And yeah, I had, a, I had a really good time with it. I think they, you know, I had, I don't know their whole catalog. I didn't participate in the blast with, with you all, but I wonder where it was that they lost their way to, to get to like, or, you know what I mean? Like where they kind of dropped sure. off with this. I mean, I think this is maybe, you know, maybe you could accuse them of being not super experimental or outside of the box with, with this. Like it sort of sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like kind of the Gothenburg sound, you know, it's not like totally reinventing the wheel, but you know what? They do it really well. Um, and I, I think, I think we should, uh, I don't know, give them props for that. So I think for you, what you're at, like where the wheels fall off the bus. So up through the first three albums. So symmetric design, pitchback progress and holographic universe writing doobies were heavily consistent throughout the entire band. Cause Often, Heinrich Olsen did, did, is a lyricist. You have her, Niels, Christian Alvison, and Jonas Kilgren kind of rotating writing duties. And there's like writing credit of each three of them with some form or fashion on every track. Maybe it's like a single, a double, or whatever, but it's not just one man machine. Sure. Uh, when Christian leaves the band, it becomes mainly Johannes and her as, a, as the songwriters. And then Johannes left after Unseen Empire before the singularity. And so at that point it becomes per is the primary songwriter. So I think that's probably what you're experiencing there with Heinrich still, I think being primary lyricist. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe aside from just like the songwriting duties, like where do they, you know, get out thinking that this is what fans want or this is what like the best thing to do is. <laughs> um, and, and that I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have any idea how I would answer that question because I, I you know, I, I don't have a sense of like how they sold or like what was, what really made them take off. And, you know, maybe it wasn't this, you know, this initial sort of style that they picked up. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't have any sales records in front of me. Why not, Tracy? I don't have that much information in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a business insider. Sorry, guys. Ben's comments. I'll get those out of the way. Another debut album. Christian kicks the current singers and their respective dicks. Again, these guys can play Heinrich Hendrik Olsen's drumming on this album is fantastic. Production is pretty solid, at the very least, very clean. The songwriting isn't as strong as the later Christian albums, but better than the latest album. A lot of the run tracks for the a lot of tracks over the runtime, though, it dilutes the album. I'm obviously in the bag for this because I got on a ride on the next album and came back to this one. Like you can definitely mm-hmm. tell. This is probably the rougher of the album, like production-wise, but it's also, I think, the only one that was never released. Like this was the f- nuclear blast picked them up after this album, and you could tell a difference of like in the terms of funding they got in the studio. What do you say, David? I agree. The Christian albums are better. 
Um, I agree with Ben. I like this record. So I, the first one I ever heard, I guess, is when you assigned us that the second album, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I hadn't heard them before that, and that was quite good. Hogarth Universe is fucking amazing. Um, I was not there when you reviewed The Unseen Empire, so I missed that review. But you, you listened to it when we did The Blast, I think. I, I did. <laughs> so I've listened to all of this stuff. It's for debut. It's solid. I mean, you know, I, in many ways, I'm in the bag, too. I'm a pretty easy mark, given how I feel about, you know, not just the Swedish outfits like Soil Work or... Um, I'm not as big a fan of In Flames, but um, At the Gates, you know, it's another one I really like. So it's very much or, or Orbit culture. It sounds a lot like a lot of them. They hadn't quite figured out what made them different from them yet. I think there's some development that happens by the time you get to Holographic Universe. But for a debut album, it sounds pretty good. You know, as, as Ben said, it's at least clean. Uh, there's some relatively heavy shit happening here that is just kind of gone on the new album. I'm sorry we keep pooing on it. You know, it's it's perfectly listenable. I don't know. And I don't know if they, I have, there's no way to know this. Tracy often talks about when people, especially if those people be Dave Mustaine, are chasing the radio glory, like the whole, how do you phrase it? You're like chasing the rainbow, chasing, chasing the, way the you, dragon, chasing the dragon, enter the dragon, whatever it is where they're like, they just really want a song to break through to, you know, if not top 40 to at least, um, whatever passes now for airplay right Just, you're not gonna uh, but david you're not gonna you're not gonna break top 40 with a seven minute long opus that sounds like video not. game music like <laughs> you're not like, i know, I I, know not they're not going to really not, i'm not trying to shit on the new record but still like the compositions are so different like this is clearly following you know a very well established formula for sure uh like you know swedish death metal uh that it's it was a winning formula through through the nineties, obviously. Whereas, like, you know, like eight minutes with like, <laughs> you know, uh, symphonic arrangement, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> yep, indeed. I I just don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I don't know how that translates or to more popular or something. I want to know why you guys are complaining about track length on these because it's like 340 352 326 358 5 minutes 342 5 308 325 313 that's on the new one that's on symmetric and design we're not talking i mean i'm saying the new one it has way too long and you know yes they go somewhere in terms of the composition but they sound like they're not heavy and they sound like video game music that's all on the new one they have two tracks that cross six minutes like it's not like they're dropping like Dream Theater twelve minute opuses. Like, not yet. But the <laughs> album, but the album, the album is like so much longer, is it not? It is. The new one is fifty eight minutes. Longer. Yes, it's ten minutes. Whole ten whole minutes longer. It's, it's fifty eight minutes for eleven tracks. That's fifty five minutes at five minute average. And you're, you add in a six and seven minute track. Minute average. I mean, you guys are acting <laughs> like they're dropping like. Hey, here's here's just fifteen minute song, Dream Theater Opus. That we what we're, we're dropping is that it wasn't very good. <laughs> I think it's the, but I like this. This was fun. This I don't like yeah. it as much as yeah. This was this is but... very good, and I really would listen to it a bunch more times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, the thing I like about this was also you could see where they're going. Like if it's not full formed, like their next step makes logic. In the terms of where they step, like a, there's a very rough idea here, and they, I think they they do polish it by the pitch black progress, and they perfect it with Hawkeye Universe. We can I was gonna say I would give pitch black progress a better grade than I gave at the time either. <laughs> Again, that was very early, and when I was on, I was like, I give that a B minus. Ben gave it a C plus. Because of course he did. Yeah, my poison on this one, all of them, just take the ride. No surprise on a scar star uh, scars from Jam, right? I also said take the ride. Yeah, I like gonna... literally yeah. almost all of these. I think there's a really nice solo on Hybrid Cult. Man, so good. Same thing with a uh, detached from the outcome. I wanted to shout that out too. They also don't mess up the closer. I think the closer is good too. The eleventh sphere. I'm gonna third and or cosign all of them pretty much. Uh, I really do like the some of the 2012 and then Dominion. Dominion's awesome. Uh, that I sort of like the first part a little bit better, but all these songs are, it doesn't feel long. I don't know. Just they're pretty much all, it's a well-established formula, as you said, Gabe, and they nail it. So uh, it's fun. 
I'm going to grade it higher than an album. I, I'm going to accidentally grade it higher than an album. I like more, but that happens <laughs> when you are, uh, that was like three years ago. Yeah. Oh, just go back and regrade all of these albums all over again. I'm not going to say that, <laughs> but no, a couple of them, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I called that right. Some, the some I've looked back, I'm like, I probably should lower this anyway. <laughs> um, but this one, anyway, this is, a, yeah, this is good shit. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Um, ben, the run of tracks two through eight is, per, is probably my favorite. The 11th Sphere is a decent closer. That was his pick. So not in all of them, but he didn't hate it. So there we go. Let me just into game pick. I think he's throwing David a bone here in his unofficial <laughs> death. The Scottery West, he's fitting in there with uh, Death's second album, Leprosy. It was released on November 16th. November 19- 16th. November 16th, 1988 by Combat Records. Um, producer is Dan Johnson. It was recorded at Morris Sound Recording Studios, David's home away from home in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, the runtime is 38 minutes and 37 seconds. The lineup for the band is Chuck Shoulder, vocalist, rhythm, lead guitar, and bass. Rick Ross, lead guitar, and Bill Andrews drums. Terry Butler is credited with bass, but did not play on the album. This is also the only album Rick Ross makes an appearance on. Anything else? That logo, man. <laughs> Staring at the album cover. Classic. Is that, is that the first time the logo's used? Uh, it's is that on screen bloody gore? Hold on, I'm checking. It's been a hot minute since I've looked at that album. Let's see. Uh, no, it's there. It's from the beginning, moment one. <laughs> Over 25 years of conceptual continuity. Yeah, it's from moment one back in '87. Back in '87, spiritual healing. Why'd you pick this one, Gabe? Um, it was an earlier album by by a band that we've done. <laughs> there it is. Um, you did well, the, the homework. Thing, I mean, the other thing is like. Death was one of the first bands that kind of explored and by explored, I mean that I basically just chose to listen to when I started getting interested in metal. This was about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I really only listened to scream bloody gore. And that was a really great decision because it was easy for me to get into as someone who, you know, had bathed in hardcore punk for about, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years prior. And this album you know, as I've sort of gotten more into Death's discovery, partially with with David's help, the podcast's help, you know, I've come to really appreciate the band. And this album has a lot of what I want in a death metal record of any era. Amen to that. And, you know, it's not quite the prog death beast the band would become later on, but I think it's really great. And I think for that reason, it's also a good gateway to the catalog rather than maybe scream bloody gore might be uh just because it's you know closer to those experiments and further away from the sort of very like thrashy uh mm-hmm. first record so that's that's basically why i picked it and you know spoiler alert i think it's really really great so let me give ben's notes before i'm gonna give ben's notes and i'll go before david gushes all over the song because we know how david feels about chuck shoulder um if you want to know how he feels look up the ai great metal vocalist and just skip to the Chuck Shona part. That is David. Uh, <laughs> Chuck is love. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have any of this. We but, wouldn't um, have any of this without him. <laughs> also a complete asshole, but taken from us too soon. But sorry. Yes, Tracy. But What does Ben have to say? Ben's, Ben's infamous words are, by today's standards, the production is shit. But it is the classic <laughs> Moore Sound Studio. Moore Sound Sound. Honestly, I only had $10. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Could everything sound better? Probably, but it still rocks. Terry Butler's credit as the bassist, but Chuck Schoner said that he wrote, recorded them as Butler didn't join until after recording. It is a credit to Death and Chuck that an album this good isn't considered the band's best, at least not by a clear majority of the fan base anyway. Good songwriting, great guitars. Bill Andrews' drums are solid. So Ben enjoyed this album quite a bit as well. So, yeah, as for me, I have a very spread out experience of Death, courtesy of the unofficial grab bag as I've hit just kind of look at the time frame. Let me pull it up to get exact. I've hit we've leprosy. Now we did human and then sound of perseverance, perseverance. So like, I feel like I came in on human. If I get the point of the turn where it becomes like, we're going to dip a little bit from the death metal, get our pure death and go more 
progressive with this stuff that you see within symbolic and sound and perseverance, but before they fully get away from it, like you see with leprosy. So, I mean, like, in my point, I think human was a good point to kind of come in at as like, hey, this is like a little bit of everything that death offers, just in my opinion. And you kind of that's when I got on the ride was that album. <laughs> I think that's probably why you picked that as the first one to it is unofficial. <laughs> and you're like, well, then I work back. And you can go up or down depending on what level of death versus prog you want to listen to. That's true. So it was very interesting. Like of the three we've done, this is probably my least favorite one. Not going to lie, because it is the more pure death metal one. And like it's now granted, mm-hmm. well, thanks to originally David's attempts and the add on of Gabe just pouring in more death metal, the uh, Iacane powder buildup is coming up and it's much more appreciable now than it was previously. But I mean, it's still a pretty damn good album overall. Uh, you could see the insanity that is Chuck Schoener's guitar playing here and just what it came so far. His vocals are not good or they're okay. They're better. They're, they're, they're good vocals, but like they're good enough, they're good enough. But like compared to specifically, we talked about James Thornton earlier tonight and Christian, like they're not on par with his in terms of fry vocals. So, I mean, that's one thing. So, I mean, it's good enough for the album, but I mean, honestly, if you're listening to death, you're not listening to it for the vocals. So I mean, he he is yeah. more of the Dave Mustaine school of like sort of annoying but endearing. Like I know he's not. You're right. He's not those people. I still I still rather listen to this than Dave Mustaine. Like if I had to listen to one of them, like just on their own for like an extended period of time, <laughs> like spoken I word. Would, like you're 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 trapped in like a sound booth. And like you have the vocal tracks flying. I'm not trying to say it's a torture scenario, but it may very well be a torture scenario where like one of the two is coming into your headphones and you can't do anything about it. This guy, any day of the week. Smiles, black tooth grid. Hey, read the real me. Now he's staying is going to kick our asses. Damn it. Glenn I mean Barnes. that's that's been happening for a while. So I mean, Schuldner I mean, would, but he's dead. This is a this is a, he ain't got no Chris Barnes vocals. That's for damn sure. Like it's or even Glenn Benton. Like his vocals are still better than that. Chris Barnes, um, uh, even than Corpse Grinders at this time. Like I mean, his vocals are still better than what you would get. I almost think they're better than um. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Morbid Angels. David Vincent. I think uh, I was thinking Troy Vincent for some reason. About, Troy Vincent. Uh, Troy Vincent. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Troy Vincent. I'm like, that's, I don't quite that's sound like Gary that's Barnes' cousin. Yeah, no, <laughs> they all sound real. Gary Barnes and Troy Vincent are the enforcers. What? Like, I even think for like up until probably Covenant, I think Chuck Shoulders' vocals are here better than David Vincent's are. I don't know about that, but it, it, it's perfectly serviceable, and yeah, I love yeah. him nonetheless. And, and it's death metal. Do you really need much more than? Just I mean, serviceable? it's like put the death in death metal. It's that foundational. And yes, there were some other origin points, but I mean, in terms of the initial heavy lifting, the primitive accumulation it took to make it possible. This, so I applaud you, sir. I mean, this is only one year after the other one. This is a the quick turnaround. Uh, Human is not until ninety one, so the sl- he slows down a little bit, but. This album cover, y'all. <laughs> Remember seeing this in the record store? I was like, God damn. Speaking of record store, I got an idea that I mentioned after the podcast for a grab bag. I do want to point out that apparently all music in Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal did not rate this very high when they'd done the reviews for it. Like it's like a three star on all music and Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal give it a four out of ten. Like that's like almost Really? Martin Popov, yeah. Well, fuck. I don't trust him. Fuck them in the trash. Yeah, I don't know. Screw that. This sounds better than that. Four out of ten. What kind of scale is that? Is it German University? No. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Anyway, I'm not going to give it a one, but it's not a three. (laughs) It's a, we know you can give it a ten out of five. (sighs) You know, I got to leave some room to climb up to the other albums. I don't know. It's good shit, though. It's yeah. foundational. I, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's if fair. you if you've been following along and you've listened to the other Death albums, like, yeah, if you like parts of uh, the Sound of Perseverance more and you liked Human, you may not like this album as much. If you like Human, I think more that's a fair thing to say. You <laughs> yeah. probably like this album more. Like, it's just kind of like this flux point. 
I think it's interesting. Like my experience of listening to death is like, you know, changed where like, I don't think I enjoy scream bloody girl scream bloody gore nearly as much as I did when I first heard it. Sure. Which is just like, it's a product of me just understanding more about what the genre is and what I like about it. Um, It's not to say that it's not a good record, but it's like, I have a different experience listening to it now than I did when I first heard it. So does listening to sound of perseverance make me appreciate that first record less maybe, but I think they all have, have kind of a place and, you know, I still like it. What's your favorite death record? Would you say? I mean, I'm, I'm really torn. I really like human quite a lot, but I like this also. Sure. Um, and I haven't heard all of them. So. Gotcha. Leprosy. I got the uh, remastered something version of uh human with all these extra stuff. It's ridiculous. It's so good. The Leprosy Deluxe reissue has 36 yeah. tracks. It's two hours the deluxe and 15 minutes long. I think that's what I got for Human. Yeah, I have that for yeah. Leprosy, and it's crazy what's on here. Open casket, choke on it. It's like rehearsals, performances yeah. in Rochester. Demos. We're in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot happening on here. But I would like uh, and Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I hadn't listened to this album in a long time, so this was a fun nostalgic i'm like oh yeah i just sort of drink because i really had gotten into the later stuff um mm-hmm. so i've kind of forgotten about this one oh good oh. shit oh, I didn't write it. i'll bring it up later with a better point what well it's something to do with grades so i'll wait till we get to the right point on it to talk about it is this parliamentary procedure again tracy is yeah. this rule change <laughs> no i'm just like what i was going to mention is like you know what that makes more sense when we do the grades instead of now well, you can pull the plug when you think it's time. When you feel left you left to die. To, are you guys ready to talk about the tracks or I was born dead, Tracy. Wait, I don't know. Yes, let's game. Are, are you ready that to was my line. as you lose yeah. your arms and legs and you cannot hug with nuclear arms. Anyway, Gabe, how do you feel about these songs? All of all 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 of them. I assume you mean all thirty six. <laughs> all thirty six of the deluxe reissue. Reissue. That's right, three I'm shots. Gonna, I'm gonna say that's, all that's, eight of them. Yeah, Just I have to all eight this. off the original. Oof, yeah, that's a stiff death metal album. All right, I'm gonna say all of them. Just choke on it. And <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going because me and Ben are gonna say all of them as well. Ben did say all of them. Ah, the album rocks. And as short as this album is, as short as this album is original at 38 minutes, just take the ride. Yeah, it's not long. No, not at all. Yeah, it's it's done before you even start it. I mean. <laughs> all right. We ready to move on to grades? Sure. Let's Alrighty. do it. So Ben is not here, cannot defend himself, so he's going to go first every time. Sound good to everybody? That's hot. Do all it. right. <laughs> all righty. Put him <laughs> out there. Just shove him into the no man's <laughs> land. Walk in front of us. Take care of us, Ben. Uh-huh. Be our protector. Um, clutch, Transnational Speedway League. Ben gives us a A minus. I think he gives that pretty high. I mean, that's off of what yeah, it's pretty high. I'm going to come down just a hair. I adore Clutch. Um, I think I like this album more than Gabe, clearly, but uh, it is a little bit unformed. There's lots of growth that's going to happen. I'm going to give this a B plus. I know that's a nostalgia and a brand horror bump, but what are you going to do? Hey, Ben, give Sue it an me. A minus. I mean, yeah. you're not going to you're not yeah. going to beat that. Yeah, B plus. <laughs> Um, I'm going to actually take another step down. Uh, this is not necessarily a clutch I'm a fan of. And I don't know if I would have liked this album if I hadn't heard the other stuff first. Sure. Like if I heard this one, I might have been a little more receptive to it, but it's not like it's only two albums worth and they get off that ride and go to this. And it's like, mm, is that any way to deal with it? So I'm going to give this a C plus, a 79. That's fair. I'm right there with Tracy. I think that if you like clutch, you'll like this. But if you're a normal for a person. Clutch, if you're looking for a clutch album, look elsewhere. I, I would say yeah. that's fair. It doesn't yeah, tell you anything about this. it. Doesn't tell you what they sound like. It doesn't. No, I agree with that 100. percent I guess it's an average of 84. Yeah, that's all right. Would you buy it? Ben said he did and would. Did and would again. Would nope. not. All right, that's two. For, that's two out of four on clutch. Black Crown Initiate selves we cannot forgive, David. <sighs> So as I wait, said, wait. I would. Re- 
Ben goes first. Benjamin, You're what right. do you think? Good. What do you think, Ben? Um, a B, just a solid B, no more, no less. So I kind of want to put perspective on that one for what he thought of. He gave that one an A minus on Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. So, okay. I I would now give Violent Portraits an A. Probably a high A. And then I would give this an A minus. Right now, it's sort of them, like they're the same. But as I said, I, I disagree with my former self. I like this a lot more, this band. But anyway, this is an A minus. It's good shit. You want me to go ahead? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay, I don't. So this is my first rodeo with this, and I really had a decent time with it, so I'm going to give it a B plus. I'll take it. I'm going to kind of land in between David and Gabe. I'm going to give it a B plus, like an A9.5. Like, it's a good album. I don't know if I, I gave Violent Portraits an A minus. That album's moved into, if I was to say, top 100 albums of B. Like, it's become one of my favorites. I don't know if this one quite crosses the A territory. If I spend more time with it, it might. But at this moment, it does not. It kind of just falls a little short. Average of an 88. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? Naturally. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I would insure. So, and Ben said sure as well. So, that's a four for four. For that's not happen very often. Nope. Um, Scar Symmetry, Symmetric, and Design. B gives us a B as well, an 85. I'm going to come in and give it, I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it a 94. Because I don't think it's as good as Pitchback Progress or the Pitchback Progress or Holographic Universe. It's a little bit better than the one that came out this year. And it's better than the Unseen Empire, but it's, so I'm going to give it an A94. There you go. David? Uh, I would give Pitch Black Progress probably a B plus now. Mm -hmm. Again, that was one of my first reviews. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid B. I'm going to come in right where Ben is. It's good. It's a B. Well, I think this is a lot of fun. I would give it a 90. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's really a fun time. So why not? Why not indeed? Because it's an average of 89. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? Yeah, why not? Why not? As he just ben, said. Ben said, why not as well? So, <laughs> Well, there you have it. Everyone's bought one. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's. It's funny because that is not how it went last week when we reviewed their, their recent album. Uh, Oof. Death, leprosy. What do you think, Ben? Ben, an ape. He gives it an A. I think he's one of the, and this is what I was going to bring up, mention about this is his highest rated death album we've done. And like, unlike me getting on him, with the podcast, I'm pretty sure Ben has had more time with it, has stated he spent more time with death in the past. And so this one, his first royal listen to it. And he has this hob rated higher than human and the sound of perseverance as well with his trades tacking more towards, like we talked about swinging more towards the leprosy side than the sound of perseverance with human, I think straddle in the middle. So it's very, so yeah, he'd give this an A. So a 95. Nice. What do you say? Yeah. This is a 96. I'm going to come down a hair. I think now I would give human again. I was relatively early, probably a solid. A. am going to give this an A minus. It's good shit though, but not as, I don't like it as much as what comes after it. I'm going to give this a low B plus and 87. Like I say, nice. it's, if I was to redo it, I'd probably grade high human higher than I'd have it. Cause I think I've got this in at a B plus as well. And I'd probably be a minus and sound of perseverance probably knocked up a couple little bit more, but yeah. This is a solid world death and blow down death metal album. It's probably deserves if you want a classic death metal album. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this is given as an example of it. Where does it put us in a 92 average? Yeah, exactly. A 92 average. Ben Ben actually says on if he's doing it, he's like, I've never owned this album. Shame on me. Yes, I'd buy it. Oh, for sure. Wood and did and wood. Yep. So yep. De- definitely Ben would definitely like to do it. Uh, like that. This is a good week. It was. I enjoyed all this week. This was just kind of fun. A fun little romp. Yeah. And they'll bring it's, our... It's bands, and I, it's bands and albums. I don't think it would have been together in almost any other way. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... I don't know what grab bag would have produced the same outcome. Nothing. First and second albums you like a lot. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I was going to rag on you, David, and say, like, why don't you pick a real grab bag theme? But, you know, <laughs> I just... I had too good of a time. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this was good shit. I know it was kind I mean, of a weenie ish pick, but. I mean, this is still better. Weenie ish. Weenie ish. Hold up. I just want to say. Wiener, if you will. And it was a Wiener Schnitzel pick. Wiener Schnitzel. 
this is still better than uh, the grab bag David picked last year at the end of the year. This is big for <laughs> that we haven't done yet. Like, I wish this is a bit more broader fan. Tracy's than still mad about that. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, we could pick also, it, like, also, I'm still mad that I had to pick my least favorite early Slayer album. So, <laughs> David left you one Slayer album. It's not his fault. <laughs> it, we, it is his fault. <laughs> Speaking of grab bags and choices, I'm up for next for my selection, and it is guilty pleasure. And let you guys mm. decide how you feel about that. Oh, I decided already, and it's <laughs> a lot like Florida. Yeah. See, by your choice, yes, it is very definitely along there in the vibes of Florida. But I think that will be an interesting grab bag, nonetheless. Be fun. Shall be so. Hey, well, anything else for the good order, or are we ready to wrap this up? I'm ready to pull the plug. On this Alrighty. open casket. Yeah. Let, left to die. <laughs> yeah. So got it. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for tuning in here on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Tune in next time. Broken McCall.